Hey, my name is J.D. Larson, one of the pastors at North City Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. I hope this inspires and equips you to love God more deeply and to love your neighbor as yourself. At North City, our mission is to love our neighbors in the way of Jesus, and we hope this message emboldens you to do just that in whatever space God has sent you to. Be sure to subscribe and keep in touch with the conversations North City is having. And if you want to find out more about our community, you can find us on Facebook, and Instagram, or online at NorthCityChurchMPLS.com. Enjoy the message. My name is Adobe Nduka. For those of you that don't know, I serve as a family life coordinator here, an operations coordinator. So I am honestly privileged to be standing before you to bring the word of God. So we are in a Lent season. We are in a series called Lent. I am, you are. And we are in the book of John in this season, and we are going to focus on the I am statements of Jesus that you will find in the book of John. So today, I'll be um, talking about I am the bread of life. So that is the title of the sermon this morning. Um, So if you're able, please, you can turn, if you have your Bible, either on your phone, or if you have a physical one like me, you can turn to John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. If you have it. Um, for me personally, I love um, the Gospel of John because it reads like a love story, you know? Um, if, you have, if you have ever sit with me in conversations and we talk for a long time and I find out that you're married, I want to know how you f- know your boo, how you know is the one, how you propose. Like, I like to know the whole story. Like, I, I'm a sucker for love stories. And so I love the book of John because now it is like, as you're reading it, it's like John is trying to explain or trying to present to you this God that's a lover who is pursuing a people that he created that have been bound or oppressed and he's pursuing them, loving them in the most extravagant, the, I mean, huge, ridiculous, make no kind of sense way like his love is so abundant and uh, with John he he doesn't start like Matthew or Luke and talk about the birth of Jesus nope he goes before there was even time and describes Jesus as the word in the beginning was the word the word was God the word was with God with him and through him things were created without him nothing created was created I mean he just describes Jesus as the word That's the first thing he does in the first chapter. And the beginning of the second chapter, which I love, he talks about this word going to a wedding, saving a newlywed from the embarrassment of running out of wine. And not only that he provides wine, he provides the most amazing tasting wine. I'm just going to take their word for it because I don't drink alcohol, so I'm going to take their word for it, that it is good, okay? And I believe it. And then in the beginning of chapter 3, he is, you know, chilling with his boys, and in the middle of the night, a very well-known religious leader comes to meet with him. So if you want to be sneaky, come at night, he got you. He's ready to hear from you. He's ready to pour into you. He's ready to answer your questions, even in the middle of the night. And it's in this 
conversation that he tells him about um, being born again, tells him about the love of God, which we have the famous verse, three, John 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world. He was talking to a religious leader that came to him in the middle of the night. Um, and then in the beginning of chapter 4, he is bold, broad daylight, waiting for a woman who has been divorced five times and is in a situation. And he waits for her. And as a result, um, revival comes to a city named Samaria. And then in the beginning of chapter 5, he goes walking around on a Sabbath day and meets a man who was sitting at a pool of Bethsaida for 38 years, y'all. That's almost 40 years. And he's like, do you want to become well? He's like, well, I do, but I've tried, couldn't do it. Nobody's willing to help me whenever I want to go in to the pool. Somebody goes in before me. He gives all these excuses, and Jesus heals him anyway on a Sabbath day after 38 years of suffering. And now our story is coming from the beginning of chapter 6. And we want to look at and see what Jesus does in this story. So if you haven't already, let's go with me. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, but you can follow along whatever version that you have. And it reads, After these things, Jesus went over, over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But, he, but this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip an answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley, bread, uh, barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now, there, were, there was much grass in the place, so the people sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to, to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five lo barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. This is the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving us the privilege to hear your word. Lord, we pray that you feed us. We pray that you open our hearts and our minds so that we can receive your word. 
and become fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I surrendered my life to Christ December 10th, 2005. And in this 14 years that I've been walking with God, I noticed something. The more I pursue who he is, the more he reveals who I am, which is amazing to me. Was not expecting it. I just want to know who he is, what he likes, what he doesn't like, you know, what gets on his nerves, what brings smile to his face, you know. Because I figure if he said we we're, you know, created in his image, then there's got to be something that gets on his nerves because there's something that gets on my nerves. So, <laughs> so I want to know all of this, you know, like, who, who are you? What are you about? You know, um, and then, of course, he challenged some of the pre uh, presumptions that I had about him. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I just made an assumption over there. I, I apologize, you know, just to get to know him. But the more I do that, the more he reveals who I am, which for me personally, it was a challenge because I'm like, ah, no, that's not me. No, 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 that's not me. No, 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 that's not me. You know, <laughs> whether good or bad, you know, because, you know, pride gets in the way. You know, he shows something that's not very nice that you tend to have, like, jealousy or something, and you're like, who, me? No, I'm not jealous. No, it's just I don't like what she got. I don't mean I'm jealous, you know. It's not cute, you know. <laughs> but, you know, but you have to be humble when you walk with God. Um, and really receive both the good and the ugly that he, t he shows about yourself. And we are in this series where we are, are designed to focus on the I am's. And this week we're going to focus on the bread of life. Jesus said that he is the bread of life. And looking at this story, we want to see, okay, what does the bread of life does in this story? Now, the interesting thing for me about this story, besides the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the only story you will see in all four Gospels. The only story. So there's something about this story that every writer said they must include in their Gospel. So as I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, so who is the bread of life? He said, I'm the bread of life. Okay, who are you? What do you do? And the first thing that, that jumps out at me is, the bread of life leaves crumbs. He leaves crumbs. Now, for those of us that are believers, I want you to really testify with me here. Um, has God showed you his goodness before you gave your life to him? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. That's his breadcrumb. He doesn't wait for you to receive him. He doesn't wait for you to even acknowledge him for him to be good to you. He will leave breadcrumbs of his kindness, of his covering, of his mercy. Um, me as a teenager, you know, you do some certain things and you pray to God, Lord, just let my friends not find out. Please Lord, let him not find out. And he actually answers that prayer. That is amazing. That's his mercy. He's telling you he sees you, you know, like he really lives, he leaves breadcrumbs. And when you see in verse 2, you know, people literally are actually coming to him because they have seen the signs that he has done to those who were diseased. This is the reason why they were coming. They were seeing signs. So he lives breadcrumbs for us in a way to lure us in, to come on close. 
And for me, looking at that, I'm like, okay, Jesus, why would you do that? Like, why would you even bother living breadcrumbs? And for him, that's a way for him to let us know that he is the one we are truly seeking. Because there are things out there that are competing for our attention, lying to us that they can fulfill us. But he's like, nope, I'm the one. So I'm leaving my breadcrumbs out there for you to follow and come close to me. So that's one thing that he does. The second thing is the bread of life has your provision. Now, Jesus looks up, he sees the people, and already he is planning on how to take care of the people that's coming. Now, these people are coming just to hear him preach, to hear him teach. They were not thinking, oh, we're going to eat some bread and fish today. You know, <laughs> no, but Jesus already, as on their way, he was already planning on how to feed these people. He had a plan. He had a strategy. Now, it was not what they were thinking, by the way. It's not what they were thinking. They had a whole different agenda in mind on their way to Jesus. But Jesus had a plan. He had something going on. And this of course, for us, what does that mean for us? That, of course, we're seeking Jesus, and of course, we have a plan. We have uh, a strategy in our mind. We have an expectancy in our mind of what is it that we're trying to get out of Jesus. You know, we all have motives of why we follow Jesus, whether good, bad, or ugly. We do. But just understand that when you do pursue him, he gets to decide what part of him he wants to show you. He gets to decide that. So for this time, he decides to show, I can provide physical food. I know you're coming to hear my teaching. I know you're coming to get the spiritual stuff. But I am actually here to provide the physical stuff. And you have to be open to that, right? And so that's provision. Second one, the bread of life will test you. Now, this testing or for those of us that are his believers. This is not for the people that are coming. These are the believers. So he turns to Philip. I don't know why he picked on Philip, but he picked on Philip and says, hey, how can we feed these people? And Jesus is testing to see if he's going to rely on money or on him. And he says, well, we don't have enough money to feed all these people. Don't even, I mean, how and you have to understand, this was happening around the season of Passover, which means bread might not be as plentiful because they need that for Passover. And he's like, um, dude, you're asking for something that's rare right now because of the season we're in. We don't even have the money to even buy enough to feed all these people. But Jesus was just testing to see, I, okay, you say you're my disciple. You say you are my follower. But do you have faith in every area of your life? Not in just certain areas. Oh, no, I know Jesus is good here in church. Yeah, I know he's good here over here. But do you trust and believe that he can also help you with your finances? Do you trust and believe he can help you as a parent? Do you trust that he can help you as a single parent? Like, do you really believe that he can actually do something in every single area of your life and that's what Jesus was doing here 
So for us to make sure that, even those of us that are called believers, to make sure that we do not put Jesus in certain boxes or certain areas, make sure you welcome him in every single area of your life. Because we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. He will challenge you. He will stretch you. That's something he will do. So because you're a believer doesn't mean you get to chillax. And just like, all right, we'll believe it. No, boo, you got work to do. You know, he will stretch you. He will absolutely do that. So the next thing he does here is the bread of life brings order. I should change that to the bread of life brings process. <laughs> because people are here, then then now here, and God, Jesus says, "Okay, make them sit down." And another gospel says, "Make them sit in fifties and in hundreds. So, can you imagine disciples going around counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, seven? People are there. People are like, "What's going on?" And they're counting up to fifty or hundred. Okay, you sit down here. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Like this process of getting people to sit down because it's an order. To his, to his uh, ways. It's just an order. It might not make sense to you, but that's his order. And we have to be willing to be patient and go through the process. Don't think you can speed it up by fasting. It's not going to work. Trust me, I tried. Mm -mm. You got to be patient and go through the process because in that process, he's working something in us to become who he has called us to become. And next thing he does here, the bread of life blesses your sacrifice. Now, a little boy had five loaves and two fish. And Andrew, the brother of Peter, goes to Jesus and said, hey, this is what this boy have, but I don't know how this is going to help with all these people. Now, I have to be honest. I have to commend Andrew because he actually brought that little to Jesus. Because me, I don't know if I would have brought it. I would just look and be like, oh, child, I'm not even going to insult Jesus with that. No, stop it. Like, don't, don't do this to us. You know how many we is? You know, like, how many? No, I won't, I won't even bring it. But for Andrew to bring that five loaves, two fish to Jesus anyway, even in his doubt, he brought it anyway. He said, Lord, I, this is what we got. I don't know how this is going to feed his people, but this is it. So even in your doubt, Jesus is cool. Bring it to him. And he does the amazing thing by thanking God for the little and then breaks it. So much so that it was overflow. Which brings to my last point here. The bread of life is more than enough. They end up eating so well. They were so full, so filled that they had 12 Baskets of leftovers. That is insane. The God of more than enough. Not only I will fill you, but I want to tell you that I am more than enough. I am more to go past you. I can go to your children. I can go to your children's church. I can go to your neighborhood. I can go to your community. I go over. It's not just you. The blessing is not just for you. Is for those around you, those in your community, those in your job, whatever sphere that he has placed you in, is for all, not just you. He is the God of modern enough. And I absolutely love that and it's also terrifying 
you know, <laughs> because then that also puts the responsibility on us that we are blessed to be a blessing. You know, we're not blessed to just sit. I mean, these disciples, they follow Jesus. They follow him to a mountain. So they are chilling in the mountain, thinking, yep, we're here to hear our master preach or teach. And here there's a need, and he's challenging them in the mountain. There's a need. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to rely on money or on me? That's good. You're, you're good in the mountain. Everything's looking good. You got your Jesus. Wonderful. But how are you sharing it with other people? And for North City, this is for us individuals, but for North City, if you were here on Vision Sunday, if not, please watch um, the video on, um, on Facebook where we have four focuses, which is experiencing God, take a risk, fight for margin, and empower children. And as a church, we are called to take a risk. You don't, we don't, I mean, with Andrew didn't have enough or in the five loaves, two fish, but he took a risk anyway. And go to Jesus and say, this is all we got. Take the risk. I know it looks crazy. I mean, can you imagine that with all the people? It looks insane. But take the risk anyway. Give it to him. Fight for margin. Make space for him in your life. Now, this is a season of Passover, so I'm assuming that this family's supposed to be at this time preparing for Passover. But somehow they decide to leave this preparation aside and go and listen to Jesus. They made space for him. They made time for him. Expecting to experience him. Which brings to our third one, experiencing God. They were expecting to experience him. And the amazing thing is they experienced him in a way they were not expecting. It actually blew their mind. He went over and beyond what they were expecting. And God will absolutely honor you when you make time for him. You know, when you make time, he will honor that. He'll be like, oh, wow, seriously? Me and you this time? Really? What? Come on, Josh, let's talk. You know, he will do something so amazing that will blow your mind. And you'll be like, God, I didn't know you loved me this much. But you have to make that time. I mean, yeah, we're in a season of Lent right now, and, you know, people take a fast, but it, the fasting doesn't have to be food. It can really be something that you find has been distracting you and decide, you know what, I'm going to put this down and just be me and God. Just take that time, make that margin, experience him. And the fourth thing is empowering children. Now, it is so interesting how this little boy had five loaves and two fish. I don't, you know, I'm imagining in my mind because I'm a parent that they're like, okay, we're going to go. We're going to go listen to Jesus. And then mom is like, okay, let's get some food just in case. You know, let's get five. Okay, what do you have in the house? Okay, we can get five and then two. We can, we can figure it out. That should be enough for, the, for all of us. I can imagine And she packed it up for him and they're going. And then they're looking for food and this little boy decides to present it. And that's what we are doing in family life is to partner with parents who give their children bread and we'll partner with you to help show the children how to share that bread, how to bless people with that bread. It's so funny that what, when they gathered the 12 baskets, all that was left was bread, not even fish. Fishes of men, fish represent men, but bread is actually Jesus, the bread of life. What was left was the bread. 
So in your homes, for those of you that are soon to be parents, for those of us that are parents, that we make sure that we transfer our faith to the next generation, that that faith doesn't die with us. And this little boy had the bread that was being used to bless thousands of people. Who would have thought a little boy had something that would bless thousands of people? Do not look down on your little ones. I don't care how fussy they are, how, <laughs> you know, how um, demanding they are, how bossy they are. There's a gift in there that God has that will bless thousands of people if we let him. It's, oh, it's amazing to me. I don't even know the name of this boy. They don't tell us his name. Unfortunately, they didn't even count him. They only counted men, believe it or not. He wasn't even counted, even though his gift was used. But nevertheless, God recognized that gift. So even as a parent, sometimes you're doing something and the children are not grateful. They're not even recognizing what you're doing. Continue to be faithful. Continue to be faithful. I remember when I got married and I had my first child. I remember calling my parents and saying, oh, my God, I just want to say thank you. I didn't know. I mean, I was bawling. They're like, oh, my gosh, we didn't die. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to tell you this when you die. Like, what? that makes no sense. I got to tell you now. Like, thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for, I mean, I was just blown. Because, you know, as a child, you don't see it. You're just like, oh, you know, oh, they just get on my, you know, you go to, oh, they get on my nose. They don't understand, da, 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 da. But then as a parent, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is a sacrificial thing. You know, you cannot be selfish and be a parent. It's not possible. Um, so I had to call and thank both of them and say, thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for coming to a country that you don't even know and just so that we can have a better life. I had to thank them for that. Um, so even in your sacrifice, even if people don't count it, I promise you Jesus sees it and he counts it. At this time, I want to invite worship band up, and I want to ask a question. I don't know who you see yourself in this story. I don't know if you see yourself as the child. I don't know if you see yourself as the crowd come to Jesus, or if you see yourself as one of the disciples, or maybe all three, depending on which part of your life. But I want you to use this time to really think and process. This season of Lent invites us to repent, fast, reflect, and celebrate. And I want you to really think and figure out, okay, what aspect you need to do in this season. Is there certain, th certain things you need to repent on? Is there certain things that you feel like, okay, I need to fast to make time to great margin? Is there certain things you need to reflect on? Go back and figure out, okay, Lord, what, what is it that you're doing? Maybe you have certain questions. Maybe you have doubt, like Andrew, but bring that doubt to Jesus. However, whoever you see yourself in the story, I want you to invite you Take it to Jesus. Take it to the bread of life. Because this bread of life wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. Not just life, but have it more abundantly. And in this way, you can be amazing witnesses to those who are seeking him and don't even know it.
and looking for him in the wrong places. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Hey, this is Pastor Christian Ann of North City Church. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. We hope you feel more empowered to love your neighbors in the way of Jesus. If you have thoughts or questions, we would love to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message on our website, northcitychurchmpls.com backslash sermons. Learn more about the North City community there as well. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. A special thanks goes out to Ben Noble for the music on this podcast. If you haven't heard Ben Noble's music yet, check it out at bennoblemusic.com. Let me send you into your day with this blessing. May God give you the eyes to see and the ears to hear all that God is doing in the world around you. And may he give you the courage to respond. Amen.